This is What's the Deal, Grosseal, a podcast about the people, places, history, and events that make Grosseal unique. I'm Ben Fote. Let's get right to today's interview. Fairly often, someone tells you something that happens in this community that you've never heard of, and you find out that the thing has built up a loyal following over a decade. That happened to me a couple weeks ago when Wendy Moko called me about the Christmas Jammy Drive. Thank you so much, Wendy. My pleasure. And joining us is Teresa Bizzo from First Step, one of the many organizations that Jammy Drive supports. Thank you for being with us, Teresa. My pleasure, Ben. Thank you. Well, Wendy, let's start with you. Tell me what the Christmas Jammy Drive is. Well, it's a simple little thing, actually, that has evolved into this enormous little thing. About 12 years ago, in 2008, my sister-in-law and I, uh, my sister-in-law, Susie Williams, she and I decided to go to lunch uh, one early Friday on a, on, in December to celebrate Christmas with some of our friends. We went to the country club and had a nice lunch. There was probably, I think, 12 of us there at that luncheon. Different aged women, all women. And at the last moment, we learned that the middle school was collecting coats for a coat drive. So Susie called up everybody and said, hey, if you got an extra coat in your closet, bring it and we'll drop them off at the middle school because help out their coat drive. So I think we collected, you know, five or eight coats at that last minute. So we had such a lovely time, such a nice afternoon that we said, let's do it again next year and everybody bring a friend or two. So our following year, we had 35 women show up for this little luncheon and we decided to put a twist on it saying, bring a pair of new Christmas pajamas for kids. And we'll donate those Christmas pajamas. So we did a little, we thought we'd get a couple pairs. I think we got somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 50, 60 pairs. Wow. And so it kind of came this little secret, but it didn't mean to be a secret. And people were like saying, hey, I want to come to that jammy luncheon. How do I get an invitation? Like there's no invitation. Show up, buy yourself some lunch, bring some pajamas. (laughs) So over the years, it grew. It's kind of like that shampoo commercial. You tell two friends, they'll tell two, two friends, they'll tell two, two friends. Sure. So fast forward to our 12th year this year. Well, actually let's go back to the 11th year last year. We had 353 women crammed in the ballroom <laughs> and every room available at the Grozeal Golf and Country Club for lunch. And we collected somewhere in the neighborhood of over 1500 pairs of pajamas. So over the 11 years that we've collected pajamas, we have served probably over 6,000, 6,500 kids with warm, fuzzy pajamas at Christmas time. It's a, it's a, it's a ritual that my sister-in-law and I both do with our kids at Christmas is give them a pair of new, warm, cozy pajamas and something the kids look forward to. So we wanted kids that were less privileged to be able to share that experience because we knew how much our kids liked it. It has blossomed into this huge event. About six years ago, we maybe five years ago, we started a little shopping component to it. So it gave a lady something to do um, when they came into the country club. And we got places like, you know, the women on the island that had their home businesses and Marie from the Grosseal Patent Garden Center. And when um, Ohana House was open and Sam at Hawthorne and Vine, they come and set up like a little pop-up shop at the country club. And so women come in with their pajamas, they put their purses down or put their coats down at their table. They go over to the shops, look and spend some money, start off their holiday season. And so it's great for the women because it's a fun component to the afternoon. And it's great for the little pop-up shops for the exposure and from extra, some extra holiday sales. So it's kind of turned into a scratch my back, scratch your back, you scratch <laughs> my back type of thing throughout the island. And it's been very, very nice. People love it. 
People do love it. And it obviously does a lot of good. It does. It does a lot of good. So when we started collecting pajamas and we had so many from that, even from that first year, I worked very closely with Terry Morrow. She's the director of Christian services at Sacred Heart Church. And she said, and I knew Teresa Vizzo worked with First Step. And so Teresa said, absolutely, I'll take these pajamas to my kids that are in her care. So that's where that relationship started. First Step has been one of our, um, has, was the original agency that benefited from this luncheon. We have since extended the invitation to a couple of other local agencies as well that benefit from the pajamas. And then lots of churches throughout the Downriver or Detroit area also for their food banks. Anybody that comes in looking for food, we get, and obviously they have kids with them, we give them pajamas. So there's never a pair that goes unused each season. So that's great. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. So this takes us to, to Teresa. So First Step is doing work to prevent and heal the effects of domestic violence, right? Yes. So First Step, we've been around since 1978, and we're a nonprofit organization that helps victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. So we provide comprehensive services to individuals that have been affected by these crimes, and all of our services are free. So we provide a shelter. We have a 24-hour helpline. We have a transitional housing program where there, which are apartments that people can go into once they leave the shelter. We have free counseling, free advocacy, legal clinics, just entire wraparound services to help people. If they need help getting protection orders. If they need help finding housing or seeking employment, uh, we just really provide as much as we can to help people move from violence to safety. It's really important work. And, and I imagine that this year has been particularly rough. What, what new challenges has First Step had to address in 2020? Well, COVID uh, has really had us focus on different ways of work. Like, like most any company, uh, any shelter, or any organization, you know, our number one priority is protecting the survivors that come to us and our staff and volunteers. And so we've really had to transform our way of work. You know, First Step, uh, in any given regular year, we serve uh, over 7,000, usually between seven and 8,000 people come to us for help. So you think about it, we serve Wayne County, there's 7,000 people that seek help from our services each year, and that's unduplicated services. So that's a lot of people. What we've had to do is really transform how we serve those folks. So uh, for instance, a lot of our in-person counseling that we've done through the years, we're now doing either phone counseling or video conferencing. And what we're finding is our the no-show rate is a little uh, is a lot less because it's easier for clients to get to appointments because they're not having to travel. You know, sometimes it's hard for families to get to get away without being recognized by the abuser. You no, know? sure. You know, some of these challenges that we've had to do to meet the needs during COVID have really helped us be able to serve our client. You know, in our in our shelter, we were struggling a little bit because we've had to decrease our census a little bit. Uh, we used to put two or more families in each suite. And due to COVID, now we're only putting one family in a suite because that's how we, what we have to do to keep them safe. Now we're sheltering probably between 20 and 30 people per night rather than, you know, 40 to 50. You know, we're having to look at some other challenges and things that we're doing, but we're seeing more people reach out to us than ever. I think the isolation of the pandemic, the stress of the pandemic and the stress of the economic conditions you know, we're seeing a lot of people reach out to us, but I think a lot of families are afraid to go into a shelter because they're afraid, you know, will I get COVID if I go in, you know, if I leave my house and I go out into the world, you know, is that going to expose me? Is that going to expose my family? What will we do if we get sick? 
you know, what will I do if I you know, cut my lifeline to these resources that I have now? So it's really challenging for survivors. Right. And that, that health insurance component is probably a big part too. It is a big part. And, uh, you know, for many families, we're able to get them access, you know, to Medicare, Medicaid, health care clinics and things like that. But it's really scary not to have uh, a way to pay for medical needs that you have. Yeah. So how does the Jamie Drive help your organization then? Well, first of all, uh, we love Wendy and Susie and all the people that work on this Jamie Drive. It's probably the event that gives me the best warm feeling of any event that we do. Imagine being a kid coming into the shelter. You had to leave your home and it happened. You know, your your parents are fighting. One of your parents have to leave and go out into the dark of night to a shelter. You know, you don't have your stuff with you. You don't have your stuffed animals or your clothes or, you know, you just have things on your back. So Family Drive allows us to really help kids feel safe and secure when they come into the shelter. And I think it helps the uh, parents feel better, too, because we're able to provide them these Basic needs, these are new pajamas, they're warm pajamas, they're comfortable pajamas, they're in the right size for the kids. And uh, so we're able to do that. And, to, and we get enough pajamas from this drive that we're able to use them throughout the year when families come into the shelter and they need us. Uh, but we're also able to do something special for the holidays. So uh, for the holidays, what we've been doing is wrapping up the pajamas with, uh, we have another donor that gives slippers and we pair them together. We surprise the kids with them in front of their doors, you know, so like Wendy's family tradition, we're able to present those with kids for the holidays and people are just really grateful. Our our, um, The adult survivors are very grateful and the kids are excited to get them. A lot of these jammies are super cute. Uh, I don't know. Wendy's mentioned that, but they've got the cute characters and they've got, you know, I've seen pandas and yeah, you know, athletic and hockey and, you know, just, they're just really awesome and cute and warm and cozy. And, you know, it really does make kids feel special. So I was looking on the Facebook page for first step and it uh, displayed that um, there were some particular needs. I think at the moment that I looked at it last hand towels and washcloths, I think were, were listed. Is that a good way to keep keep abreast of what First Step needs if if there's another time when we want to feel like we can do some help for First Step? Absolutely. Yeah. So on our website, we always keep our most current wish list. Our website is uh, www.firststep-mi.org. So First Step in like a dash or a hyphen, mi.org. And we always have our most up-to-date wish list down there. So um on there right now, we have items like uh, bath towels and, like you mentioned, washcloths, you know, those kinds of things. We are, we're always in need of twin size new blankets. We're always in need of, uh, you know, just a variety of things, you know, hygiene products and, you know, shampoos, things that are consumable that people go through, baby wipes, you know, diaper cream, medicines, stuff like that. So if people want to, you know, give items. That's a great thing. Of course, we encourage people to give to the Jammy Drive. Uh, or if people want to make a monetary donation, you can do that too on our website, and you can designate it to our pro, you know, programs. And we also have a, a pet center where families, when they come into the shelter, they don't have to give their dogs or their cats away. They're able to bring their pets. Oh, that's fabulous! Which I think is a really great, great. Uh, thing. It's called the ARC. It stands for Animals Receiving Kindness, and it's actually uh, we have a a cat area, a dog area, and a family visitation room. The families can actually spend time with their uh, animal companions when they're there. 
a lot of people like to give money, uh, if, if not for our shelter and for our children's programs, but for this animal program, which is really, uh, which our families are really very grateful for because previous to building this, uh, families had to find some place to put their pets or give their pets away. Uh, and that was really uh, heartbreaking for the families. That That's incredible. That's, that's really nice. And then Wendy, I understand some of the Island retailers are collecting for, for the, the Jamie drive this year. Well, actually, I think we need to talk about what the Jamie drive looks like this year in uh, under COVID. Yeah. So we weren't quite sure what we'd be able to, to do. We, we knew we were not going to be able to have 300 women in a banquet room having lunch together. We just knew that wasn't going to be an option, but it's interesting um, on a non COVID year people in about, early September, they start, they know where I work or they'll email me. When's the Jamie luncheon? Where is it going to be again this year? Is it going to be at the club? Can I get a table of 10? You know, in September, people are asking me about this <laughs> event that happens in December. So Susie and I kind of tossed some ideas around and we thought, well, we'll, we'll work real hard on social media because that seems to be a, a heavily, you know, um, traveled area for people. And we made some um, local connections with Marie at Roseville Pet and Garden Center, uh, Sam at Hawthorne and Vine, and Emily at um, Island Goods. We thought, you know, they could be a drop site and because people works kind of two ways. People are already on Macomb Street, and hopefully that would have them frequent those stores more. And they've been generous enough, those three retailers, in um, offering a promotion to people that walk in with pajamas, you know, I don't know, like Marie's giving 15% off coupon that they can use throughout the holiday season. So, um, and the other stores are doing something similar to that. So that's nice. It still has that little bit of a shopping component to the, to the luncheon situation, even though we're not having lunch. We also have the um, convenience of, if you want to order online, ship it to me. Or you, some people I think have shipped to Sacred Heart because I keep a lot of, the, I keep the pajamas at Sacred Heart Church to store because I can't possibly store physically, you know, 1500 pairs of pajamas in my house. I have received lots of shipments, lots and lots of shipments. And then we also have a cash donation. If you want to bring cash to me, that's fine too. We have a Venmo site. We are doing um, online giving through Sacred Heart Church. So there's many ways you can donate. You can order online, ship to me. Um, you can drop off at the, the Sacred Heart Church or the Country Club or at any of those three retailers that I mentioned. So there's lots of avenues, lots of options. And all, all the stores have already, you know, had lots of pajamas donated. And I've had to empty out the bins and take them to the church. And so it's it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. People are still very, very, very supportive and um, very generous. And so we're very, we're very blessed. And and we'll have links in the in the episode description that have that will take people to all those all those oh, avenues. So, yeah, so we'll get great. that in. So we've covered all the nuts and bolts of how this works and and how first step works. I want to know how it feels to be part of these things. Wendy, what's it like to start something that's fun and then have it turned into this huge project, but <laughs> yeah. that, in, that that really impacts so many people? Well, it's humbling and it's if people, it's funny, my sister-in-law and I say all the time, you know, um, we're not, we're just making the arrangement with the club for lunch. I, maybe I pick the menu, but you're paying for your lunch and you're bringing pajamas. I'm not buying you lunch. Let's just get that clear. So, but, (laughs) but people love to thank us. And we always like to reiterate, we are not purchasing your lunch for you. 
<laughs> you got to buy your own lunch and bring pajamas. That's the way they have to get in. If you don't have pajamas, you can't get in. It, you know, we aren't really doing much other than giving the platform for this event to happen. And it's, it's, it's very, very humbling. It's very humbling uh, to be part of such an organization. You know, we didn't ever intend for it to get this big. It was kind of a accident, if you will, a great accident, but we never thought it would get this big. And we certainly never intended it for, to get this big, but we're blessed that it has. My, my wife once worked for someone who famously called something an accident of history Huh. And, uh, and so that seems to be uh, yeah. very applicable in this. Yeah. And, and to me, cause I've been attending this event since it started, the overwhelming feeling that you get when you go into this room of people that have given is just love. I mean, it just mm-hmm. feels like there's so much love in the room. There's so much friendship. There's so much care. And, uh, it's one of my most favorite events that I attend throughout the year. And I get to connect with my old friends from Grozeal and from Sacred Heart Church. And, uh, and then just, you know, when you talk to all the other wonderful charities that also receive from this award or for, from this program, everybody's just very grateful yeah. that uh, people have done this. And, you know, as a recipient charity, we are just so grateful and you know, I know I'm not, not supposed to thank you, Wendy. And, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, somebody had to come up with this plan and put this kind of love in the world, and that's what you did. So I am going to say thank you. Well, thank you, Susie, and I are happy to do it. You know, Ben, there's a couple of other agencies that we've been helping out too that I wanted to just mention so that people have an idea of where they're. Sure. I mean, people, these ladies are walking into this luncheon not just with one pair or two pairs, some of them, like they have a little competition between the two parties, the two groups of lady friend groups, you know, who can bring the most pajamas. I mean, Stacey Lasky's group normally wins because she has a pile of friends and they bring in heaps of pajamas. We, we take care of uh, Penrickton center for the blind. We take care of, we care. Uh, we helped out Mimi's mission in the past. We help first step, obviously, uh, Spirit of Christmas out towards the Ann Arbor area. And then our churches, our local churches, St. Uh, Leo, St. Gabe's, and then St. Aloysius, also our recipients. And then the Knights of Columbus from Sacred Heart do a fantastic job of donating to other churches that our church works with that are in need of things like this. So it's a, it's quite a, quite a, organization. Oh, and Covenant House in Detroit. Sorry, sure. I forgot to mention that. And that's a particularly interesting situation because most of those kids are, you know, older. And so they need women's and men's size pajamas. And so we've got a crew of ladies that always do us really good and bring us lots of men's and women's size pajamas. Art and Soul, which is also another organization that we we help out with. So it's uh it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. And that's a lot of groups. It is. It is. And then Teresa, being part of an organization that directly helps people in probably their worst situations must make you very proud. Yeah, I, I'm very proud to work for First Step. I started as a student intern back in 1983. So nobody do the math on that because you'll get a feel for how old I am. Uh, so I've been involved with the organization for a very, very long time. I have met some of the most wonderful, generous people that you can ever imagine. I work Uh, in fundraising and philanthropy and marketing for the organization, but it's our counselors and our advocates that are the real heroes. They're there uh, supporting survivors every single day. And the the stories that they hear, the, uh, you know, the trauma that these survivors go through, you know, it's very, 
uh, challenging work, very rewarding work, uh, and very important work. And I just really feel thrilled to be able to support, you know, their efforts in serving the families that we do. And, and thank you for that from, from all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Wendy, you told me that you listened to the podcast and I really appreciate that. And Teresa, you wouldn't know about this yet, but each episode I ask guests to make a wish for Grossiel or the community at large. Uh, do either of you have a wish you want to share with Grossiel? I do. Excellent. I do. I think, I know my wish for Grossiel is for everybody to be kind to one another. Be patient and be kind. We're <laughs> all so many levels. We're all going to get through this. We are all going to be just fine. Be patient and kind. All right, and, Teresa, how about you? Well, I guess my wish would be to everybody on the island, I would just wish you peace and safety. It's what we do at First Step. And uh, domestic violence can be in wealthy communities at the same rate as it is in impoverished communities, you know, so I wish everybody on Grozeal and their children and their grandchildren and their families, true peace and safety in their families. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So again, <laughs> Wendy and Teresa, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing and for sharing it with me today. I appreciate you and the difference you're making in Metro Detroit. And I appreciate how you're empowering others to do the same. But if I could add one thing, I'd like to give our crisis line if it's not too late. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, If if anybody's listening, has somebody, a loved one or a friend that is experiencing domestic violence, uh, the first thing they should do is get to a safe place and then call our 24-hour helpline. We have staff available every day of the year, 365, you know, 24-7. And that number is 734-722-6800. 7226800 and when somebody answers that helpline they're going to say this is first step are you safe and uh and then they're going to be able to explore with the the caller what their needs are what their goals are what they want to accomplish uh and we'll able to, we'll be able to share with them resources that we can help them to have a, a, a safe um experience for their family and their children great thank you for that and and we'll have that all in the transcript and in, in the, the episode notes. So that's awesome. Appreciate that. But I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate what you're both doing. And uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you for sharing it with me. It was something I probably never would have heard of. Um, it was, it was an accident actually for you and I to come <laughs> up with this. So I just wanted you to plug it. <laughs> I wasn't looking for an interview, but I'm glad I was able to do so. I, I think we'll plug it. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for helping us spread the word. You know, we're we're even though our headquarters is in Plymouth and our shelter is in a, another city, we do service Grozeal. We have an advocate in the 33rd District Court which serves Grozeal. We have a downriver office in Lincoln Park, and so we are very active in serving survivors in the Grozeal and Trenton and you know the community downriver. And so we're really um, just thrilled that you're able to help us share awareness about our organization. Oh, my pleasure. And, and I realize that, that organizations like yours don't, don't want to share um, locations for, for a lot of the services because of the sensitivity of, of those things. So sure. I appreciate that. And, um, but again, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, all happy right. Thanksgiving to you too. Happy Thanksgiving and wishing you all uh, good jammies and a Merry Christmas and uh, uh, to all of you. Well, how about that? 
Since this week contained Giving Tuesday, it's appropriate to mention that all of these organizations can use a lot more than just pajamas. The episode notes will contain links to help connect you with them if you miss your chance to get pajamas in for the Jammy Drive. I can't thank Wendy Moko and Teresa Bizzo enough for sharing everything they have today. I want to give a quick plug for an event the podcast has coming up. On December 12th, we're going to do a socially distanced Christmas caroling thing. Details are on Facebook. Share it wide. We can cover Macomb Street and sing carols before heading to the shops for gifts and warmth or Centennial Farm for the Santa Claus visit. Next week's episode is with Krista Eubank, one of the directors of Gross Eel's Boar's Head Festival. I know you'll enjoy it. What's the Deal Gross Eel is recorded and produced by me, Ben Fote. You can keep in touch with me through the What's the Deal Gross Eel Facebook page or email me at whatsthedealgi at gmail.com. You can share episodes from Facebook or hear them from the website, whatsthedealgi.com. And of course, it never hurts to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes through your favorite podcast delivery tool, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and so many others. Our intro and credit music is Mocktails in the Rain by Anti Ludo, which is used through a Creative Commons license. Find more of his music on soundclick.com as Anti's Instrumentals. Thanks for listening to... What's the deal, Grossiel? <laughs>